What is up, guys? I'm Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And on this episode of The Real Build, I got the opportunity to sit down with my friend Dylan Mitchell on his podcast, The Construction Corner. We talked about a huge topic, and that topic's how to increase your value to the customer. You know, obviously, delivering as much value as possible is so, so important in any business, uh, especially in the construction industry as well. We also talked about communication and why communication before, during, and after the construction process is so important. And that goes for any business to communicating with your customer along the process and letting them know and keeping them informed is such a big thing. We also talked about why doing the right thing matters. Obviously, in all aspects of life, guys, doing the right thing, it always matters. But in business, unfortunately, not everybody does the right thing. But doing the right thing does matter. Going above and beyond for your customers matters. We dive deeper into this topic and much more. So guys, as usual, please feel free to take a couple minutes of your time, write a review below. Five stars is appreciated just because that gets this podcast out to more and more people gives me the opportunity to give more information and value out there into the world. So guys, with that being said, thank you for listening and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan, I'm your host, and today we have another special guest. So Bill Ryman is uh, with us. He is the second generation in his family's award-winning construction company, RK Ryman Construction, uh, which is out of Marco Island, Florida. Um, owner of Ryman Properties, Ryman Home Watch. Uh, over the last seven years, they've done 50 million in new home builds, uh, a licensed real estate for the last seven years and sold over 40 million uh, while not even being a full-time real estate agent. So he's currently ranked as a top real estate agent in his area and already sold $10 million here in 2019. We're just in September, so in the first nine months, he's already done $10 million, which is pretty amazing. Member of Arte, same as me, and uh, bettering himself through that movement. And Bill also has his own podcast, the Real Build podcast, and shows customers what to look for when buying, selling, and building their dream home. So with that, Bill, welcome to the Construction Corner Podcast. Dylan, I appreciate it. Heck of an intro there, man. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be on. Uh, excited to be on the other end of one, too. This is actually my first <laughs> time on the other end of one. So uh, hopefully I can help out and deliver as much value to your audience and share it with mine. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. So let's start off with something easy and probably the most people do with the construction industry. Um, I seem to be running into more and more of these uh, situations where people are uh, not like a first timer to construction. Like I'm, I'm a first timer in my family to construction. Uh, a lot of my family are engineers, so I'm not, I'm not unique in that way, but you know, you're a, a second generation in, in construction and like, why did you want to go into it? What made it so appealing from that maybe young age to, you know, carry that into your career? Uh, it's probably the probably a similar answer to a lot of people that are second generation in the business. I mean, I grew up in it uh, ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, I, I can't even, I mean, it's ever since I was little, my dad. So my dad's been involved in the business and construction for probably over 35 years. 
Uh, he was in the concrete business. Um, and then from there, he started doing custom homes. So he's uh, been, and plus he's done trim carpentry. He's done pretty much every plumbing. He's done every single level of construction you could probably imagine. So, you know, as little kids uh, growing up, uh, he kind of instilled, you know, with me, my brother and my sister that we got to work for what we want. Uh, we were never really given anything. I mean, uh, you know, growing up, obviously we, you know, with Christmas, stuff like that, you know, it was, we, we did okay. We weren't, uh, I mean, we were more middle-class stuff like that, but uh, he still made us work no matter what. Uh, if I wanted something, I had to work for it. So, you know, growing up as a little kid, I can remember being on job sites, uh, whether I was sweeping a job site, digging the ditches, doing whatever, you know, he had me doing the little odds and ends and everything. That's kind of how, you know, I learned a lot too, because he kind of taught me a lot throughout the way or along the way, I should say. And to be honest, um, when I went to, you know, I, I eventually went off to college because I played football and stuff like that. I ended up playing football in college, but I never thought uh, after college and everything that I was going to be a part of the construction business uh, just because, you know, growing up digging ditches and sweeping job sites, it's not something that you're really looking to get into, you know, and you're excited about. So, and when I when I got out of college, I kind of ended up because I was, I had no money or whatever. I ended up coming back uh, and working for him again, um, you know, just to make some money and so on, doing the same things. Uh, but obviously, being older, uh, I started learning more of the business, and and that's where it kind of really started taking place and taking shape. I eventually got my real estate license because. Uh, my dad recommended doing that and getting in on the sales side too, because there's, I mean, with construction in general, there's a lot of different avenues that go off of it. And that's kind of what I've created is, you know, with my home watch, with my real estate and doing general construction, you know, building new custom homes. And then eventually I want to get into vacation rental property management, stuff like that. But everything's kind of, you know, branched out too. And uh, it's kind of just gone from there. I mean, I, I, getting the older I got, the more I loved it. And, uh, I know it so much. That's, that's the thing. And being, being in it my whole life, that's, it kind of just stuck with me. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of good key points there. One is, and, and let's touch on this first, the power of that hard work, right? Mm -hmm. That in the job sites starting, that there's no job that you can't do. And I think, there's some of us that like for me as an engineer like i came in at a different level of construction right where i'm an engineer i walk on a job site i'm the electrical engineer for a project and it when i walked onto some of the job sites at 23 24 like i was fairly important and had a decent amount of power going into like some of those big commercial job sites um first like i didn't necessarily work my way up but just the from being on that design side to, you know, going on job sites, I had a different level than someone like yourself that's kind of come up through the industry. And not that I, I very much respect all the trades and they can teach me a, a heck of a lot, but how did that, you know, coming up through and working as a little kid on the job site uh, do for you? 
I mean, it's like I said before, my, my dad's a type that's never going to hand, he, he, he'll never hand me, my brother, he even had my sister working on job sites too. I mean, that just shows you, I, I could remember she was digging holes and, st- and it was, just, and she was the girl, only girl of the family, but he still, you know, had her doing stuff like that. But my dad was never the type because he never had anything handed to him. Uh, you know, he came from a, a, a poor family and he came from nothing. Uh, I call him, you know, he's the, he's, he's not, you want to meet somebody that's done it all, uh, you know, ex-Marine in Vietnam, so on, without getting into his life story. But he came from nothing and, and literally instilled that into us growing up. Uh, you know, he wanted us to learn to work for everything, too. And the more success he got, too, the more I heard from people, oh, it must be nice. I heard, heard all that growing up and everything, too. It was, it was a big thing. My brother heard it, too. But people don't understand uh, what we both had to go through, uh, you know, as kids growing up or even, even now and to the point we've gotten, we're still not fully even, you know, we're still learning every single day. This business is never ending. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just, you, you learn uh, so much uh, through the hard work and doing it yourself. I, I'm high, big, big time on actually putting in the sweat equity, I would say, and actually being out in the field and learning uh, everything to do, the ins and outs, because, I mean, unfortunately, there is a lot of builders out there because you just pass, pass a test and they want to, you know, make some quick money because they think, oh, I could build a house and make this much instead of being the plumber, you know, doing this and that. So it's just, it's, it really did instill in me, you know, the hard work ethic and everything and, and just not, and, and to do everything right too. Um, you know, growing up too, uh, you know, my dad had a reputation for quality, uh, you know, and detail and everything like that. He wanted everything perfect. He's a perfectionist. And he's put that into me and my brother too, to where uh, you go on one of our job sites, we want everything done correctly. I mean, we, we drive some of our subcontractors nuts on punch out days, just because there's so much, you, there's, I mark stuff that you can't even see. A normal person will walk through and say, why, why has he got that marked right there? I drive our painters nuts too. But anyway, um, it's just it, growing up in it and learning it and learning it you know, him teaching us the processes and teaching us how to do uh, all the trades and everything too make gives us a better eye on what to look for, you know, uh, as far as our subcontractors doing it the right way, and making sure everything's done right, and then having a quality finished product towards the end. Yeah, I think that's super important, those eyes toward quality. And, you know, me being more on the commercial side of things, and that's kind of where I've come up is there's a lot of, you could see the difference in architects that build things on their own and, and kind of came up and doing stuff. And then the architects that, that went to school and it might really look nice, but uh, there's some issues we got to work through in like structurability. And uh, yeah, I highly agree with what you're saying right there, because I mean, we've always said too, that an architect should actually, part of the architecture course should be, you know, they should have to have field time too, to where they're actually out in the field seeing the actual process of what they're drawing. Cause not everything they draw works. And that's where we come in too, is we have to get involved and make it work too, you know, and we get used to that as builders. That's, that's how, but not every builder can do that too. So that's another thing. 
Yeah, and that, that structural engineer becomes really important, especially in places yeah. <laughs> you're at. You know, that that structural guy is so, or girl, mm-hmm. whoever that engineer is, is so important to the process. And I think in a lot of ways, structural engineers get a lot of, uh, of grief, but in the end, they're so integral to so many projects, um, you know, no matter where you are. And especially, like, talk about in uh, there in Marco Island, like, a little bit of the, like, what you have to go through <laughs> to put a building in, you know, you're in hurricane zones, you're got mm-hmm. weird soil conditions, you know, what like the, that design process go through just like from the, the foundations and, and things like that. So here, I mean, I've talked to other builders and actually on my podcast who interviewed some other builders and they're just, they're, they're amazed of how long, you know, when I tell them how long it takes to build a house, how long it actually takes down here and even how long it actually takes to get a permit down here too. So we're in Southwest Florida um, is where we're at. Obviously we, we have to worry about hurricanes and, and, you know, I mean, we get rain during the summer, every single day, tropical environment. I'm actually personally on an Island too. So, you know, houses to build here uh, are a lot more money to build. And then the way to kind of look at it is, is they're almost like mini commercial buildings is a way I like to explain to people, but we also have to have pilings. So what they'll do is they'll drive concrete pilings down until they hit solid ground. So we don't know how many loads that's going to take per piling to get down. So that's each, each pound is uh, is a certain amount of money. Let's put it that way. On, on per pile and then we the engineer uh actually is the one that draws up how many pilings is going to be required on the on the house and everything like that also dirt uh they have to get dirt's not cheap here it's very expensive the reason being is because we don't have any close by pits uh they're actually probably an hour and a half two hours away from us so per load that can cost some money down here too trucking it over a bridge on onto where we are so fill can be costly too. And then uh, from there, I mean, the building end, building up, you know, we do the pilings and we, uh, they dig out footers. And then from there, they'll start doing the stem wall. And then from there, they pour the slab and then it just, it's concrete block all the way up. There's a rebar every certain amount of feet. Uh, they fill the sills and everything with concrete. So there's so much uh, without getting, you know, teaching you how to completely build a house. Uh, there's so much concrete work that are and structural stuff that are involved down here in these houses on top of in, the hurricane code stuff, impact doors, garage doors, glass. Uh, we, you know, if there's no impact glass, you got to have hurricane shutters by code. So, you know, there's just all energy efficient down here because it's so hot. That's another big thing now. You know, we have all these energy calcs and everything we got to abide by. There's constant inspections uh, that we have to pass too. So, Long story short, the, the process, it, engineering and having a really good engineer is very important. Um, you, you know, being in a business, like I said, as long as we have and uh, my dad having a, the structural background that he has too, he, he can kind of catch over engineering. He's taught me and my brother that too, if something's over engineered, uh, we know how to catch that to save our customers money because engineering can get expensive too if it is over engineered. Uh, but um, it's a process down here. And I mean, anywhere as far as ex- home builds, I mean, let's, for example, 3,000 square foot house can take 14 months to uh, 16 months to build. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it takes some time. Um, permits here on average are like 12 weeks. So it's just, you know, because there's so much into them. They're going through so many things with flood. That's another thing. We have flood zones here. We're above sea level. We have to build above sea level. Uh, nine foot, anywhere from nine foot to 12 foot above sea levels on our, on average. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot to learn too. But like I said, experience is pretty big in that whole aspect of things, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that does sound like a commercial project, um, for a lot of us, you know, you go through permitting processes, um, like energy codes are super important and becoming more important, um, really across the country. There's, you know, like California is huge in Title 24 and all the requirements to go through to, to make that happen. It's a real pain to document everything along the way to make sure that you're abiding by those codes. Um, many in the commercial industry know that. And then in other places, it's not maybe as bad, um, but code reviews in places like Chicago, New York City, mm -hmm. brutal. Um, that's, it's just a whole other ball game. And I'm sure like with... Um, I've done some projects in Florida and, you know, going through all the hurricane and, and those safety standards are, um, can be pretty in depth too. So it very much sounds like a commercial project. I think we've built some commercial buildings that are like 10, 20,000 square feet quicker than some of the <laughs> in Indiana, you know, where it's slab on grade, pretty easy. Uh, no, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like I said, I talked to other builders and they're getting these, they're getting 3000, 4000 square foot houses done in six months. And I'm like, no, not here. It's not happening. And I mean, and we have co consistent subcontractors on every single job and we almost kind of, it's like an assembly line. I think we have eight going right now, which to a lot of builders too, isn't that much because, you know, up north they're doing 30 at a time. It's here. You wouldn't be able to do that unless it was more track, you know, track home kind of you know, right. development communities, stuff like that. But it's just, it's, it takes a lot of patience. It's process. And, and I mean, the, the, the finished product, it, let's put it this way. We kind of, and especially the way we build, uh, we call them mini fortresses. They're not moving. So, you know, they're, they're, they're built to stay. Yeah. I mean, from seeing a lot of the, the homes that you built, I mean, they're gorgeous. They're one-offs. They're, mm -hmm. you know, Unique, very much fit into that, you know, South Florida uh, type of vibe. And, and they are, you know, architectural marvels as well as, you know, have to be well structurally engineered to mm -hmm. stand hurricanes. So it's, yeah, it's a very different build than like a track home or wood frame that you see in like most of the rest of the country. So mm -hmm. it's uh, great to have you here in that kind of perspective that you typically only get really in, in commercial construction. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a ton of detail too. I mean, we have one job right now with just the trim carpentry alone. It's going to be, be a little bit just because of the, we're so custom. That's the thing. I mean, there's builders that take less time that are out there, but they're not doing as custom material. They're doing uh, less expensive things inside the builds. And that's why their costs are a lot less than ours too. I mean, we're so custom. We give high end allowances we offer um higher end finishes and so on and a lot of this stuff takes a lot of time to do it right too especially when you you are as picky as us and wanting it done right too and all our all our subcontractors know that as well so yeah which is great to have those same people kind of over and over on a, on a job now with decision making process and i think this goes to 
no matter whether you're dealing with commercial construction or if you're just trying to sell anything, uh, sometimes that decision-making process is tough. Um, and to, to make timely decisions, especially ones that can really affect schedule. And, you know, with you doing a lot of custom homes, custom pieces, how do you help owners through that decision-making process? And, you know, some things like we deal with a lot in commercial construction is particularly like on energy efficiency and like a short-term cost, like, hey, you can make your budget potentially with this solution. But if you choose this solution, yes, it's gonna be more upfront. Um, you might have to move some money around to make your budget, but long-term for the life of this building, you know, if it's a school, a hospital, whatever, it's gonna save you money in your operational expenses over the long-term. Um, and that can be pretty substantial when you talk about a 30, 50 year uh, lifespan of a building. So how do you help owners through that decision-making process? Even if it's, you know, maybe some small stuff, to larger, you know, bigger things. So with me, I mean, being at the beginning stage with them too, and being at the first initial sale, I build that trust with them uh, initially. And I, and uh, I'm so, and they can see how passionate I am about our product. So I'm the one sitting, if we got a model home, I'm usually the one sitting, I got another guy I'm training underneath me right now, but nobody knows their product more than themselves. So you know, it's just that initial trust factor. So when I sit down, you know, with them and we start getting into, into the decision-making or design process too, you know, obviously it's, a lot of them will go off of existing plans we have, but if it's something super custom, <clears throat> usually I'll have an architect there too. But um, a lot of my main focus with them is kind of first assessing, obviously, your, your normal stuff, how many bedrooms, how many baths, you know, and, and those factors, you want a big kitchen, this and that. I give my recommendations because I've sold so many of them and, and I always push resale. So when people are going into building a home, the most important thing with us is the resale end because, you know, they can say they're going to they're gonna live there forever and die, and you know, but nobody knows what's going to happen. So you have to be ready to be able to sell that home and sell it to make more money too. And, and not get burnt on it. So that's where I kind of come in is where I give my recommendations because I've dealt with so many people, you know, and there's, and there's certain things, for example, in resale, like, you know, all right, is there an individual bathroom for every bedroom? Usually people want that walk-in closets are a plus. If it's a two-story, uh, at least have an ele elevator or at least a shaft for it if you don't want to pay the elevator, you know, for the elevator, just have it built out. Uh, Three-car garages down here are plus because we don't have basements, more storage. Uh, any anywhere nook and cranny, we can fit a storage spot. We do it. You know, large kitchens, large bath, master baths. You know, I, I go through the electrical and low voltage. We're doing you know all um, LED everywhere. Obviously, majority of people, I hope so, are now. But um, you know. But uh, it, it's, it's making sure that they have enough can lights in certain areas that it's going to light up but not light up like a Christmas tree. You know, you don't need too much. You could save them money here. And I kind of go through and I'm just honest with them. I'm straightforward because I've done it so many times to where, you know, I can I kind of walk walk them through their plan. And I mean, and just point out, all right, you don't really need this. We can pull back on this because if they have a certain budget too, uh, that's where it gets a little tough where we got to say, okay, do you really need this? You know, because most people, 
when they have a budget, they overspend on that budget or they want to. So there's a lot of give and take on, all right, we can do this and it can save you here rather than doing this, you know? So that's, that's the main thing, you know, during the design is just being, it's communication, being there to guide them. I'm probably going to say communication a lot because it's so, it's so big. I mean, you actually talked about it before we started, but you know, it's just, it's being on the same page with them, getting the plan uh, in order, going back and forth quite a few times. And then I also, another thing during the design is um, we do actual like feature sheets too, where I spell out everything. Uh, so there's no questions about what they're getting. I literally room by room, even the construction part of the house. And then I go room by room and then I even outdoor living, everything. They know exactly every single little thing that they're getting. Uh, prior to even going to contract with us, they're building. And we get that in line too, uh, prior to going to contract where this looks okay, what we're missing this, you know, and so on. Uh, proper allowances too, uh, we're custom. So we, and I've been doing more and more allowances because I've discovered that's a better way of doing it. Um, you know, you can do a cost plus build uh, with people. Some people like that, but some people just want a fixed price. So you give them allowances, but I, I tend to shoot my allowances higher. So I tell them too, I'd rather instead of lowballing them on an allowance and extra them later, most people don't like that. I'd rather start you high. It's already in our cost. And if you don't spend the money, guess what? You get a credit. You know, when money's coming back, people are happy. But when you're taking money from them, they're not. You know, it's common sense. So that's one thing I, I've really emphasized on is giving them better allowances, stuff that's going to cover nicer things, you know, higher end appliances, higher end plumbing fixtures. Because, uh, I mean, I, I went against another builder recently. He had 7500 bucks for appliances. I had 30000 so, I mean, 7500 bucks was probably going to buy their cooktop and their refrigerator they wanted, you know. So, it's just, it's, it's doing that. And, how, and then we also, as far as the design stage, keep going on that. We actually have a, a girl in house that kind of takes them to the different areas. I go sometimes, too, uh, if they want me, if I need to be there. And then we kind of, she kind of guides them on the allowances and says, all right, you know, and lets them know okay, this is going to be more. And we tell them right then and there, instead of just giving them a bill later and saying, Hey, uh, you went over your allowance, by the way. And now we tell them there, okay, we have the, the guys that we have the consistent people we work with at each and every showroom. Uh, they are able to tell us, are they within their budgets and so on. And it's just, everybody is on the same page. And that's the biggest thing, uh, especially in this business, because you know, it's, if, if you're not, it can turn into a lot of battles. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I think we're all familiar with some of those battles. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that I like what you're doing a lot. Um, you know, we, we go through this a lot in commercial construction. It's everything's lined item. There are allowances for like finishes and those things. Um, and then there's always contingency uh, within the budget. Sometimes it's five to 15%. It kind of varies depending on the project and if it's a nasty uh, gut remodel or uh, a new build, usually it's a little less on a new build, but uh, kind of covers some of those unforeseen that you might get into as you go through or maybe the owner wants something a little different uh, on those projects. So I like that you're walking through that and keeping everything kind of lined out. I think more builders 
could really benefit from doing those types of things um, and taking that line out of commercial construction. Um, the biggest difference that I've seen across kind of the two disciplines is in commercial construction, we have a lot of paperwork. <laughs> yeah, you guys do, yeah. A lot of like documentation, a lot of spec books, a lot of like, I mean, we just, we know how to move paper and a lot of it. And then on the, the residential side, I don't see as much, right? It's sometimes a handshake, maybe an agreement <laughs> sometimes. And, um, or just, you know, hey, here's a house. Do you want it? Yes or no. And for you to walk through it like that, hey, here's your whole list of everything. This is, you know, where you stand budget-wise through the whole process uh, really reflects, again, to mm. that commercial construction. But I think, and that's what commercial construction, I think by and large, does a lot better in. There's not maybe as many fights between people because it's it's outlined. And I think, um, I mean, again, I grew up in this, so like I'm I'm so like all the paperwork, all the processes that that we have to go through. Like it, someone coming into it, like I've I've talked to some other other builders and other contractors, and they're like, "How do you guys deal with all this stuff?" And like. I don't know. We just, we do, we learned and, uh, and go from there. So I really like that communication piece. I think it's so important. Um, yeah, paperwork's a pain, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, well, it's, it's just like what you said though, the more upfront that you have everything too. And I've heard it from a lot of our customers too, that they, and, and like I said, with that feature sheet I have, I think every single time I've done it, yeah, it's a pain, pain to deal with it and stuff, cause, but it's grown bigger. You know, because I'm trying to put more and more information on it, answer more and more questions, you know, like, because we've had stuff pop up that, oh, I thought I was getting that. You still are going to have that throughout the building process. And guess who's the guy that gets to explain, no, you didn't get that, but here's what I can do for you. You know, there's always ways to, to explain to people better, too. And that's 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 the whole thing. Like, I highly agree with getting as much out there prior to them signing the contract. And I preach that to them, too because there is a lot of builders out there. There are a lot of builders that don't know what the heck they're doing out there too. And, you know, they'll do the handshake or some chintzy uh, contract that, you know, the guy, they look at it and because it's such a cheaper, it, the price is 10 times cheaper. All right, I'm going to go with this guy. Then they end up getting screwed. The house never gets done. I've seen it a million times. You know, I've seen people that I dealt with too, that I told them, just do your research, do your research. You get what you pay for, you know, and they've gone with the, guy that didn't offer as much but he had a less price and then he, i saw him on the news because the guy took him for all their money and he's fighting they're fighting him in court and it was yeah and i've had also had people call me saying you know i should have listened to you if you ever need somebody to call or if you're they're bidding against you know it's just i i don't ever talk bad about other builders but that's why you know i'm so passionate about uh, doing what I do and, and getting more word out. And that's why I started a podcast too. And I, that's why I like what you're doing is just, it's getting the word out to these people and, and, and telling them, cause there wasn't a lot of research in this inter industry that people can do. I mean, you can go online, you can go on a few websites for to look up builders and stuff, but you know, without the information, they just, you got to really, my biggest thing is you really got to have everything up front, ask a lot of questions as a customer, uh, talk to past, you know, see how many houses they built, talk to the past uh, clients that they had and just do your research. And that's a big thing, big deal to me. And that's why I have so much 
uh, info right off the bat. That's, that's very important too. So. Yeah. I mean, many of us on the commercial side, like engineering, we see a lot of price changes come through and, and cost, uh, changes. And some of that, like I never learned or went through like what something actually costs. So for a lot of engineers, like that's, there's a disconnect in, you know, what does it take to actually do something? And, you know, what does it cost to do? How long does that take? Um, and I think that that's a disconnect in the industry, but for, and ultimately things are broken down, ultimately costs, you know, are shown, hours are shown, all those pieces are really brought to the table. And I think in, and I, again, I love that you're, you're doing this, you're showing cost breakdowns to people, you're willing to, you know, be transparent. Cause I do think that in a lot of construction, it's, here's your price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we might tell you what you get, you know, under here, what are your finish levels going to be, but you know, are you using like Romex or are you running, uh, you know, conduit for all your electrical, you know, are you putting in a, a great yeah, system or something that might work right it's start low start low and then finish off high and i mean it, it's let's let's start them at a bottom dollar and then late upcharge the crap out of them during the process could care less how they feel you know by the time that we're done we're done with them and move on to the next person and and that's the one thing i can't stand you know, is, and I, I, cause I've dealt with it so much. And then the people, when they go to build their next house, they're so, you know, like somebody's out to get me that then they come to us and then I have to nurture them through the process, which is fine. But, you know, they've just been, I've, I, I don't know how many customers we've had that have been screwed up North by somebody or had a bad experience somewhere else. And it's just because of those, those things, nothing was up front. Uh, we'll go with the low man, the low man wins, and then they got upcharged and it was never ending battle. The house took forever to get built because they were fighting with the contractor about money. And you see it, I see it all over right now because there's so much construction going on. And a lot of these houses are sitting with no subcontractors on them because of that situation or the, or the contractors robbing Peter to pay Paul. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that meme that uh, I've seen a few times where a contractor comes on the job site, you know, he's got his little John boat and uh, by the end of the project, he's got his, you know, nice uh, sports craft mm-hmm. and a name change order. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've seen that a- across. And I, that is, I think the big message that, that this comes down to is for all contractors, all engineers, every builders, everybody across the board in the construction industry. One is to be transparent, you know, as much as possible on, on what you're doing. Two, communicate very, very thoroughly with your clients. You know, hey, this is what you're getting. Like you haven't paid for this. And be very upfront in discussing money. And I think that's where a lot of this comes down to. Nobody wants to talk about price and hey, we'll deal with it later. Well, when later comes, nobody's ever happy about it. Versus if you just had that, it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but to say, hey, like, this is not what we included in this, you know, whether it's in commercial, whether it's base bid or alternate, like, hey, we didn't include any of this. We didn't talk about it. You know, now we are here halfway through construction. You want to change it, which is fine. Just know that, like, hey, there is going to be a cost associated with doing this. Um, And then now we got to get everybody on board. That's probably going to have a schedule change update. Um, and a lot of general contractors are typically better about having those discussions than uh, than others. But 
that is something that that does need to happen and does need to be upfront um, throughout the discussions. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we've, we emphasize communication so much, and I mean, I think I hit on it pretty much in every episode that I talk about, and it sounds like you kind of do too in communication. Um, other than communication, what advice would you give somebody that's coming up in construction? You know, whether they're a graduate architect, a builder, a tradesman, what would you give? What would your piece of advice after communication? Because I think we've stressed that pretty heavily. But what would your next piece of advice be to someone that's coming up, trying to learn the trades and, uh, you know, really get their foothold in the construction world? My main thing, uh, to be honest, would be to get experience first. Um, you know, I mean, actually go out in the field and the way I like to say it is actually swing a hammer, uh, you know, and, and, and work and actually learn the different trades and, and, you know, and, and get with somebody that you start out with a, with a contractor that's got a good reputation that has experience too. I mean, there's a lot of big time companies out there that'll hire you too. And, and they'll show you the process and you can learn the ins and outs, but you're actually going to be out in the field too. I mean, a lot of people go in, in the industry from superintendent and then they start building too, uh, you know, but it's just learning as much as possible and, and being a sponge and not, because the, the downside about this business is that, you know, anybody in, in state of Florida, you know, they can just go and get their GC license. I mean, yeah, it's... It, somebody's got to sign off on it, but they can find a contractor friend or somebody, you know, sign off on it for them to go ahead and take that test with zero experience, you know, and, and I don't agree with that. I think you should in residential and especially down here with all the code and everything that we're dealing with and how important that is, is to have some experience. Cause I mean, when things get busy, they always had the saying too, that everybody with a pickup truck becomes Joe Builder. You know, and we're starting because things are are pretty busy down here. The economy is really good, and you're seeing you know all these new builders popping up everywhere. And and it's the same thing. And you know, my dad's seen it. I've seen it too. It's the same thing when you know it goes up and down, and when it's up, everybody becomes a builder or they're in a remodel business or whatever. And then when it goes down, they kind of all disappear. And that's the same with real estate too. I'm in real estate also. You know, there's thousands of realtors right now. Everybody thinks they can get rich quick off real estate and then they figure out real quick they can't. It's a lot of hard work. So, you know, that's that's one of the main things I would say is just get a mentor or work for somebody with a good reputation uh, and learn the business. And, you know, and then the next thing would be more, you know, not, communication's huge, obviously. You know, we always got to touch on that, but... When you get into the business, you know, it's all about exceeding your customer's expectations, going above and beyond, doing everything you can to stand out from the rest of the the crowd. Because like I said before, too, there's so many builders that are out there that just want to, they're in it for the money. And, And I'm not in it for the check. I'm in it to have our product, our brand, our, our name as a family and everything out there. I constantly, I mean, I've even had it now where with our name, when a realtor lists one of our existing houses, they say, this is another home quality home built by RK Ryman construction. And we see that constantly because we branded ourselves as that quality 
high end, you know, night, you know, more detail. We're not the cheapest builder. We're not the most expensive, you know, but we offer only the best product we possibly can and, and take care of customers. Uh, that's another thing too. I mean, I even deal after the warranty and I talk about this all the time. I still take care of customers. They call me about certain things and uh, where can I go for this or who can I talk to for this or this shouldn't be happening. I've had customers call me out of warranty with something happening that should not have happened. And we take care of it on our dime and they're out of warranty. Usually a builder wouldn't do that. They'd say, oh, you're out of warranty. You know, we can work something out here where, but if it shouldn't be happening, you know, I say, well, that should have not, I had something with an epoxy floor issue recently. And um, I credited the guy back for it because it should have not happened, you know, and now he's going to tile it and we're going to take care of the install and, the t- and so on. But anyway, it's just, it's, it's doing that, going above and beyond, uh, exceeding your customer's expectations, you know, and just going for the long term overall with them, just constantly being there. Even on second homeowners, I've, I've been there for, you know, if they're in a Ryman home, you're, you just need to know that you're going to be taken care of. And I need the way that I can help. That's the way I want to do it. You know, and they might prefer us too, because, hey, we, I didn't even know this guy. He didn't even build the house for me. I just bought the house, you know, and he's still helping us out. I'm going to tell my friends to build with them because this is unbelievable. So it's playing that long-term play too, so... I think that's huge. And, and no matter what industry you're in, but especially in construction, like you talk about the, the ups and downs of the industry, you know, the people that have been in it for a while have seen a couple of those cycles. And that means that they're one, they're pretty good. Two, they have enough money to, you know, go through those, those dips, which, I mean, it does take money to operate and dip, you know, of the economy. Um, and to, to always have those referrals coming from other people to say that, hey, you did good work for me here, you know, and talk to somebody else. Um, and, and homeowners, I'm sure it's similar to like a commercial construction in a given town, city, there's really only a few big builders, you know, it's the hospitals, it's the universities, it's the government, school districts. And then you might have a few private builders that do everything once in a while, maybe a development group or two. Uh, but you kind of go to the same, you know, it's like 50 people you know, <laughs> that are owners that really control a lot of the, the building in a given area. And that's, you know, with housing, you know, it's developers or if you're doing like, I'm sure with you and custom homes, you know, doing, you know, a hundred homes there, those hundred people are going to know, you know, another hundred people that can also afford to go and build, you know, their own home. And that referral network is going to be the same way. Whether you're a painter, you're an electrician, carpenter, it really doesn't matter. You're still, that referral network is huge. If somebody's getting, is paying for work to be done, more than likely they're, they have friends that can also afford to pay to have work done. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, we've even had um, second builds, third builds with customers too. And I mean, these, and that's not, that doesn't happen as often around here. But, you know, we've had it and, and then they've referred their friends and so on. And I mean, it's even with your subcontractors too, uh, it, it, with them, it's just paying them on time. They do the right, they do the work right, pay them, you know, that's what it's, and, and there's a lot of builders that hold money from them and stuff like that. And, and 
uh, that's not the way we are. If they do it right, we're going to pay them, you know, until they do it right, then we're going to pay them. And that's, and we pay them right away, you know, but that's why they commit to us and they're going to do our stuff, you know, a lot faster too. And, uh, and cause we give them that consistent work and, and back to the customer thing, it's, it just, I can't emphasize enough, you know, the long-term uh, just keeping in constant communication with them, uh, you know, we, the communi- communi- word communication is big, you know, at the beginning and at the end and after the fact, too, because being in that constant communication with them, picking up the phone, answering when they need you or referring the right people to them when they need them, too. It's just they know you're there. And there's unfortunately, there's a lot of builders that are out there that won't even answer the phone and say, hey, I'm done with them time to move on to the next person you know what i mean it's just not right and that's in any business still yeah i mean i'll even see that in you know design industry you know architects and customer relations won't talk to you know clients say that we finished up the building you know it comes a year later you know when everything will be under warranty uh and i kept preaching it but i was not quite in some of those positions to go back to that owner and say hey you know, can we come and do a walk through the building? Let's see how things are operating. You know, especially like mechanical systems are typically a big one. Um, you know, how is temperature in the building, you know, actually working, which then goes to like, are your walls leaking or is there a problem with the roof? As that's the biggest uh, thing for architects to get sued over is a roof. So there's, there's a lot of those pieces where, again, you're doing it and continuing to follow up with those customers, not afraid to make that call, you know, 10 months after a build's finished. And I think architects need to be more uh, preemptive <laughs> in a lot of those pieces to, to make that call, to talk to that client. But a lot of them are just deathly afraid that when they pick up that phone, that it's going to be bad news. And, you know, it's better to deal with it than to just let it simmer. And then they're going to be mad and that, is just going to build over time. So it's better to just deal with it. It might be bad, but just deal with it, solve the issue and move on. Everyone will be a lot happier at the end of the day. Than, uh, you don't, you don't deal with it. You don't resolve it. And then it, it's fun. No, fun. That's, that's the thing too. You pick up the phone. It might be good news. They, you know, it's talking to them, you know, treating them like their family to you too. And just, and, and I have a lot of customers that basically are, you know, I've sat down and hung out with them or gone out to dinner with them and stuff like that. Or they, they invite us out to dinner. I reshow their houses on a constant basis too, where I can pick up the phone and say, you know, cause I don't have a model home. Hey, can I show your house? I got a customer looking for something with that design style. Would you mind if I showed it? Absolutely. Go right ahead. What day? You know, just let me know I could leave or I could, or they're usually sitting there and then they start recommending us as they're sitting there, you know? So it's, it's just, it's, it, there's not a lot of builders that have that, you know, that they can go back to a customer's house and show potentials that thing. And, and it's just so important in this business, man. It's like, uh, you know, I, I am huge on doing what's right. You know, sometimes a customer, you know, you, they say the customer is always right in construction. You know, you have to obviously you have to pick your battles too. I mean, we can't, you know, there's certain things that happen that's not on us, you know, and, and we have to explain why it's not, but there's a lot, there's situations too, where I say, yeah, that should not have happened. And I'm very honest and upfront with them too. And 
just say, yeah, let's uh, figure this out. We can work it out together. Maybe you do this and I do this too. And it's just about talking to them and, and working, working things out and doing it the right way. Yeah. I think, you know, from all the numbers that you have, you know, from your sales numbers to new build numbers and, you know, the volume of work that you guys are doing really speaks to that, you know, customer experience and turnover. Um, we're going to, I've got a few more questions. And one of them is, you know, you're a little diversified in what you're doing, right? From selling uh, real estate to building to doing home watch and these other things. How great or beneficial has that been in making the whole kind of enterprise flow and diversifying a little bit of those income streams? We see it, you know, a little bit in builders where they'll do, um, you know, maybe different types of properties or different types of construction, but how, how important and how crucial to your kind of longevity and relationship building has, you know, diversifying been for you? It's, it's been really big. I mean, with, with, real, with the real estate and uh, to be specific, I mean, it's been a huge thing because I, I get a lot of clients. I mean, it's not even our stuff. And, you know, uh, I'll start with selling them a lot. You know, I've sold people because here we're different. You have subdivisions in a certain area. Here they buy the dirt first and then they build separate. So, you know, a lot of them will use me to purchase a lot just because I know the construction end of it. You know, there's so many real estate agents out there that just don't know what goes into it. And, and that's why I'm so passionate on the real estate end too, because I've had customers that purchased a lot, you know, and the realtor said, oh, it's, it's perfect. Nothing's gonna be wrong. You, won't, you don't need this that you can, you know, for example, one of them had, uh, we have turtles down here uh, on some of the land or whatever. And, uh, the state has to get involved after a certain amount, but, but you have to hire, uh, an environmentalist to move them to, to a different area. So basically the realtor told them, you can just move the turtles to the next lot over. It's fine. It'll be buildable, stuff like that. But no, that's not the case. And it, co- it could cost tens of thousands of dollars to do this. So they ended up having to spend, I think, cause there's so many turtles on the thing, the state got involved like 30 grand. Uh, and turtle removal. And then the realtor also said they're probably not going to need pilings because it was an inland lot. It wasn't on water. Uh, they needed pilings and they went down about 30 feet. So that was another, you know, certain big chunk of money there too, on top of dirt and so on. So it's just having the knowledge too with my real estate and knowing that construction and prior. So when I get somebody a lot, even if they build with me or not, I know they're going to be okay and they're going to know their expectations that they have to, you know, uh, prior to uh, construction with us or another builder. Uh, the other thing too would be, you know, just with homes, like existing homes, you know, I know re- resale, I know what sells, I know what, what design trends there are. I know everything there is to do with constru- on the construction. I know the structural, I know all that stuff too. So walking around a home, I know if it's a good investment or it's not. Uh, I know I can give them a rough number on what they got to put into a home for a certain amount of thing because I can look at it because I've seen so many houses and prices and, and give them a rough ballpark on how much it would be to change out cabinets or something like that. Uh, how, long, how much would it be for impact glass? Even though we don't really like doing remodels, we kind of avoid that. We're more new construction. But I have also, uh, you know, close relationships with good remodel guys that uh, have the same, you know, they're the same as us. 
as far as, uh, you know, quality and expertise and doing it right and being on, on the job and supervising and all that stuff. But it's just the, the people, they trust me. I, I just actually found a condo for a couple because they wanted my expertise on, on you know, what's involved with it, what it, what's wrong with it. There's certain things. And I saw a lot of certain things and I pointed them out as we were walking through. I saw water damage on one. I saw certain things that a normal a real estate agent would have been like, oh, this is great. Look at how beautiful it is. Look at the view. You know, yeah, you could have a great view, but you got to look at the inside stuff too. Like what's behind those walls or where that water damage was, you know, because then you're ripping out all the studs and restudding, you know, and they're doing all new studs and everything. And that's going to, you know, it adds up. And how much do you really want to put towards the final investment on it? So that's why a lot of like with real estate and everything, it's, it's, everything's kind of meshed. Uh, home watch, you know, I started doing that uh, a few years ago and it's just long, building once again, that long-term relationship. A lot of people trust me. Uh, obviously we built the home. They'll trust me going in and out of the home uh, on top of, I have the contacts in case something happens, you know, I'm there. I, I can call somebody. For example, we had a major hurricane a few years ago, Hurricane Irma, and I was getting, you know, I was nuts. It's getting calls left and right. You know, I had to check on my own house first. That's what I kept telling them, you know, and then I will, I'll go over to yours and so on. But I had the context to set them up with, you know, a roofer to maybe replace this or patch the roof a lot faster than they would have had without me, you know, and that's the thing is they would, you know, with the, especially with the roof, roof thing i mean getting a roofer down here was like pulling teeth so i mean they were just there's people sitting with tarps over them and so on but i had that connection with my subcontractors to get them over there to patch it at least put a temp on it until they can get over there and, and fix it too so that was another thing that's kind of helped and that's more of the long-term relationship too and then you know me being involved in that if they do eventually go to sell their house too guess who knows more about their house than anything the guy that built it. So I'm a licensed broker. I could sell their house probably faster than anybody or better than any other realtor. I've had quite a few resales on our properties too, you know, and, um, and I've sold them pretty quick because I still have the passion I'm so passionate about our product. And I know we built it. I know what's behind the walls, you know, and I know, and it's even when somebody comes in having that connection with them on that end too. So everything's kind of stemmed off each other and it's been really good. I enjoy both ends, but I'm super passionate about both building and real estate and just doing it the right way, knowing the ins and out of the homes and the properties and everything too. And people are just, they're amazed by the time the process is done because I, I've kept a lot of deals going because uh, inspectors and stuff like that, you know, me being involved, knowing what to do, because an inspection report had this and the other realtor freaking out on the other end and, and freaking out their clients where with mine, I'm just like, relax, I'll take care of this. I got somebody that can come over and take care of it in a second. Don't worry about it. You know, it's just having that too and making all these processes a lot more smoother for the client. So it's been good. Awesome. Now, before I ask my last question, where can everybody find you? What's the best place to reach out? If they have any, uh, they want to say hello or um, look at you for, for anything. 
Well, if you want to say hello or look at me for anything, yeah, I'm at, it's at I'm Bill Ryman on all social media platforms. And then websites, it's uh, RymanProperties.com and then also RKRyman.com for websites. Uh, and then obviously I have phone numbers on there too. If you want to get a hold of me about construction, building, anything, you want to ask me anything, I'm happy to help any way I can. And uh, yeah, so at I'm Bill Ryman. And Ryman is R-E-I-M-A-N. Correct, yes. Okay, so last question. Through all this, what else would you like me to, to ask that I might not have covered thus far in our conversation? Obviously, we've covered communication. You know, the next thing that uh, somebody coming up would do, and that's get experience, get a mentor. We've covered, you know, basically that holistic part of construction and real estate that having both is kind of synergistic, but what else would you, would you like to cover uh, in this conversation? Um, I mean, we covered, there's a lot we've covered uh, putting me on a spot on this one, huh? No, I mean, it's just everything we, it's everything we've gone over. I mean, I'm super passionate about the whole entire process and just doing it the right way. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of people say that, but with me, it's, it, it's true. Like I want to help as much as I can help people know what to look for prior than prior to buying, building, selling, whatever you're doing. Uh, that's where I want to come in and help as much as possible. And with media like this and stuff like that nowadays, we can actually get the word out too, because unfortunately, I mean, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but there, there's so many builders, there's so many real estate agents and stuff. And I've had, and I've brought this up on my show where, you know, they just don't care. It's all about a check, you know? And, and, and with me, it's not, it's not about that. It's just about helping people and, and, and delivering a superior product to where, you know, more and more people are going to keep coming to us and putting our name and our brand on every single, you know, would I love to build every house where I'm at? Yeah. Would I love to expand and keep on building up, which eventually I, that's one of my goals. Yes. You know, and would we love that? Like I just said, have every house, but we know we're not going to. And people, unfortunately, you know, I, I just did a podcast on price and why, you know, the slowest price isn't always the best choice. And it's true because there's so many factors to look at prior to selecting a builder. It's such a big investment that you're making, you know, that the lowest man isn't always the best thing. Like I just went through it with a customer too, where he went side by side of why, you know, I gave higher allowances or why my, my dirt price was this and the other guys was this. And I answered it all for him. I'm saying, he's missing this, he's missing this, but he couldn't get past the number. And he just couldn't, even his realtor said that too. She's like, I pushed you, you know, like you were the better option. You had, you're the much more, even his wife said we had way better quality too, but he just couldn't get past that number. And there's people that are out there that are like that, but unfortunately he's going to have to experience it for himself of why that number was less. And, and that's what I'm so passionate about getting out there is, you know, we're not in the business to rip off people, but we're in the business to make money. Uh, that's, but we're also in the business to deliver you a better product that's going to last, that's going to be resellable, you know, for a higher price 
And I always preach that to people too. All of our houses have resold and people have made money off them. I just had one that resold three times uh, for profit every single time. I didn't sell it, unfortunately, but um, you know the, the different customers that were involved in the process. It's 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 crazy, but um, that's that's one of the main things is just not to focus so much on a number. Really do your research. I said this earlier. Research your options. Why? Ask yourself why is this guy more, and put side by side, compare apples to apples, but also talk to their past clients too, because most of these guys that are a lot less, there's something that's hiding. They're going to be a lot more later on, and they, if they don't have the experience too, that's another thing. I'm big on experience. Uh, it's where we're at. Uh, you know, there are newer guys that are good. I'm not I'm not bashing it because you know obviously you gotta have new there's always gonna be new builders and there's there's newer guys that are honest and good and want to do it the right way too and we we compete with them but it's just that some of these guys coming in that just offer these low 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 numbers it just doesn't make sense and being in this business you know there's something up but unfortunately a lot of people don't so and that's what this is about yeah and i think and I'll, I'll kind of end it with this, that personal development, that growth, that the learning experience, whether it's on the job site, books, podcasts, all these other avenues that we have to learn and grow and develop, uh, both within our industry and as individuals, helps so much to, to really what not only both of us are trying to achieve in, you know, reaching out to others, but also in educating you know the industry and building our own knowledge base and confidence and you know ability to serve and help others yeah no spot on 100 percent. yeah it's 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 better in ourselves and then along the way too even in our businesses just everybody involved in our business just you know helping them as much as possible to learn because like i'll repeat it again i mean this this is one of the biggest investments that people make uh you know building a house is not a cheap investment it's the one of the largest ones you're going to make uh real estate purchasing a house once again a large investment and having the right person behind you and backing you uh, is so big and there's and there's a lot of good realtors there's a lot of good builders out there but unfortunately a lot of people aren't you know uh, educated enough on how to find them or know what to do uh, prior to the process of signing on the dotted line and that's where we come in too so it's it's very important to me it's a big big topic and uh, glad we got to talk about it a little bit today yeah so in uh in wrapping up here bill thank you so much for coming on to the construction corner podcast thank you for being a part of this thank you for sharing all of your wealth of knowledge and information both on the real estate side as well as on the building side how important communication is and you're not going to hear the last of it from either of us because um, it is that important throughout you know the whole process in construction and your relationships basically in everything that you do, communication and those skills and being upfront and honest with people, no matter if it's a hard conversation or not, you need to have it and do that regularly so that at the end of the day, there's no surprises. And while you might not like it upfront, it's going to be for everyone's betterment at the end of the day. So with that, this is the Construction Point Podcast. Again, I'm Dylan, I'm your host. And until next time, keep going.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.